Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, during the ultimate Sleep Number event, save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing on all Smart Beds, only for a limited time. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Welcome to It's Not a Crisis. I am your host, Doran Wallach. I'm an entrepreneur, a mother of two, a wife, and a 40-something, trying to figure out what is happening in this decade. Why is no one talking about it? I created this podcast to help women in their late 30s and 40s to figure out what is going on in our mind, body, soul, and life. We may laugh, we may cry, we may get frustrated, but most importantly, My goal is to make this next chapter of life positive. I'm also full of my own questions, and I'm here to go on this journey with you. So let's do it together. Welcome to episode 15 of It's Not a Crisis. I am your host, Warren Mollick, and today I have a very special guest with me, my mom. She's rolling her eyes at me. (laughs) My mom is obviously very special to me, but I love to share her with the world because pretty much everyone that she meets falls in love with her. Not all the time, but most of the time. Except my first husband. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She has a flair about her, a kindness that's infectious and brings light into a dull room. I constantly had friends as a child who wanted to come hang out with my mom when it made me jealous, but I, I totally get it now. You, you were fun. You know, people just wanted to be around you. There were times as a child that maybe I didn't appreciate her individuality, such as showing up at school pickup in her Jaguar with matching parachute pants, custom sweatshirts, matching Reeboks and gold armband. Oh, and matching headbands. <laughs> well, every other mother in my town of Wellesley, Mass, where they were wearing sweater sets and pearls in their station wagons. My mom would um, also get dressed up for charity events a lot. And I would sit on the floor and just watch her and, and think about how beautiful she was and, and glamorous. And we had this beautiful stairs in our home and she would walk down the stairs ready to go out for an event. And I can just remember being like, wow, that's my mom. And um, as glamorous as she is, I will never, ever be as glamorous because I don't care as much. <laughs> so, but the most important thing that my mother taught me at a young age was to be me because my mom has always been who she is. She doesn't care what others think about her. She is, she has her own style. She has her own opinions. She has her own way of doing things, her own way of talking to people. And as a young child, what better lesson than to learn that from your mother? One of the things I love is that my mom 
sort of always had this mentality and I kind of do too, that like, if you, if you don't like me, that's fine. I'm not for everyone. And, um, I, I'm a lot like that in a lot of ways. My friends last night were telling me that I got my sense of humor from my mom, which I was like, really? I didn't know. Oh, that's good. I, I, I didn't know I was funny. Uh, my, my dad is also very funny. Um, but anyway, I started an Instagram handle for my mom and she hates it. She's so embarrassed by it, but I started it randomly because I just wanted to document all the funny moments of my mom and, and, and just like let the world see her too and, and love her as much as I love her. It's called my mom, Arlene. I don't update it often, but the engagement is so amazing. People love, they just love seeing the pictures and um, I love getting the comments and it's, you know, when I have time to have a picture, it has to be something worth posting. I put it up there and it, it just always puts a huge smile on my face. So I thought, well, we need to bring her live so that not only my podcast followers, but the My Mom Arlene followers can hear some things. And this also, I want to mention, is starting a series that I'm beginning. It's called Wise Women Over 50. And my mom isn't the very first one that I'm interviewing for this, but I have some other amazing women that I'm going to be doing this with too. So this is this is episode one, or I guess series one, or the first series of Wise Women Over 50. The most important lesson my mom taught me was to be a kind person, ask how people are, and really listen and be a good friend give back to those in need, be independent, be competent. My mom would pull over the car as a child and I would roll my eyes and she would make me stop and get out of the car and listen to the sound of the birds or smell the fresh air and just take in life's little beautiful moments. And I'll always remember that. And by the way, I try that with my kids and they're like, can you stand? No, I don't want to get out of the car. Uh, and I actually appreciated it. Even if I rolled my eyes, I actually really did. Um, and there's so many other things that I'm forgetting. So without further ado, mom, say hello, hello. to my audience. Hello. <laughs> there is no structure to this podcast, so we don't know where it's going to go. It'll be an interesting one. I think the first thing we're going to begin with mm -hmm. before we get to your wisdom. Oh, yes. Is tell us a little bit about where you grew up, your siblings, and talk a little bit about your childhood. Not in detail, though, right? Maybe not in all detail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, I grew up in uh, Newton, Massachusetts, about 15, 20 minutes outside of Boston, as a child in the 50s. And I, when I look at it now, I think it was an absolute utopia that I grew up in. It was so the way you see in the movies, the 1950s. I just feel badly that my children never got to experience the same thing. Times are so different now. I had two older brothers. I was the only girl and the youngest, Mark and Larry. And my middle brother died at 50, unfortunately. He was the one I was very close with. And my mom and dad. And um, my dad worked a lot. My mother was very unusual. She was like very unusual. She was about five, eight. In the thirties and forties and fifties, she did yoga at five days a week. I was embarrassed to tell anyone she did yoga because no one even knew what yoga was at that time. I used to sit on the floor while she went to the acupuncturist once a week. She believed in the paranormal. So we used to go into Boston very frequently and meet with warlocks and mediums and mirror readers. How old were you? When I started doing yeah. that. 10. Oh, that's, that's normal. 
<laughs> oh, I thought it was normal. I, I actually thought it was normal. And what else? Oh, and, and she always loved to have her clothes made. And growing up, she and her mother, my grandmother, I used to always be with them all the time. We spent lots of time together. And we'd go into Boston and we'd go to my grandmother's favorite dressmaker. They would pick out fabrics and they would design with the designer their gowns for different events. And I just loved it. I used to sit on the floor and imagine that one day I would be able to do that. And uh, I just thought it was very glamorous. I have to say this. It's not because I'm her daughter. You know, my mom chose to be a stay-at-home mom for most of her life and, and did a lot of charity work, but she is insanely talented at dress design. She used to design hats. You've designed interiors. You've designed jewelry, which is one of the reasons I learned how to design jewelry. Extraordinarily talented. Had I, had you done any of those professionally, there's no doubt in my mind you would have been extraordinarily successful. Thank you, honey. So you did do, you know, well, you, you, you obviously learned that from your yeah. mother, but... Yeah, and I remembered a lot of things that my grandmother mostly taught me about design. I really did. We're at a different time when I got married. Um, I was married at 20 in 1967. And at that time, you know, it was the beginning of the social revolution. But most of the women I know wanted to stay home and have babies. That was like our goal, which I cringe about now because I... <laughs> can't believe all I wanted to do was do that. And I did it very happily, but there were so many but other... Were you really happy? Yeah. Oh, that's I was. Nice. I really that's was. <laughs> but later in life, like everything, you look back and I say to myself, God, I could have done something a little more artistic. You know, I could have maybe designed clothes. I, I could have, I, you know, I could have been an interior designer. I did work for an interior designer, but it's not the same. There were things I could have done with my life even later, but I just never did. And I, I feel badly about that. But there wasn't the push for women to do that as much as now. Right. I mean, it wasn't embarrassing cause if you didn't have a career. Right. My son once said on the bus, everyone was asking him, was telling what their mothers did for a living. And he said, oh, my God, what am I going to say? Oh, my God. So I said, tell them I'm a, a nuclear scientist. <laughs> <laughs> and he was very young and he didn't really understand how moronic that would sound. So he said, my mommy's a nuclear scientist. <laughs> yeah, I just, I've never heard that. Oh, story. yeah. Yeah. They, I don't think they even knew what he was talking about, but he was embarrassed that I didn't have a career. And of course, now I feel badly thinking back on it. But what can I do? It was a different time. I'm so sure. Th well, you shouldn't feel badly. You were, I, I you do. Were, you were a, a mom, a stay-at-home mom, which is one of the hardest jobs. I've done both, and it's yeah. much harder, I, in my opinion, than going to a, a job every day. Oh, I understand, but there's other areas of my life I would have been fulfilled in had I right. done those things, but I, it was never encouraged. Never. And today, women... Feel that they they're only they have to do both, and I know, it's and which it's, is impossible. It's impossible to do both. I agree. Both. Yeah, it's 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 really unfair. So uh, my daughter's thirteen, and she she definitely thinks I'm embarrassing. But my mom was embarrassing, yes, but really immature in many ways. <laughs> For example, I can remember we went to a hotel once in San Francisco, and my mom would would. <laughs> was walking around changing everybody's do not disturb to please make up the room, switching people's shoes that were to be polished in different areas. And then I think I, I'm almost positive you um, bought 
water balloons and threw them over the balcony. No, they were just regular balloons. Oh, they were just regular balloons. That I filled with water. <laughs> that was mortified and I, I was nine. Be- I cannot believe I did that. <laughs> or oh we would go God. to a restaurant and she would unscrew the salt and and she and I'd be like, Mommy, what are you doing? And she'd say, Well, it's gonna be funny because the next person who comes, they're gonna pour the salt on, and all the salt's gonna fall out on their plate. It'll be so funny. And I'd be like, Mommy, you okay? I was always like a little bit of a rule follower. I'm like, you can't do that. I was like, this not, that's not okay. And she'd be like, Oh, stop, Doran. You used to call me square. You're so square. Or the time um we drove by the Ritz Carlton and Boston on Newbury Street. I grew up outside of Boston. I was with a friend of mine, and my mom said, "Watch this! Watch this!" And she she opened the window. <laughs> she and she said to the valet or whatever, she she said, "Oh, sir, I'm, I'm looking for directions on how to get somewhere." And she reached out while he was speaking and took his hat, threw it in the car, and was like, "Go, go, go!" And she starts going and Who's driving. Driving down the street, but it was the it's, it's a, a yeah. It had a huge feather on it. I mean, it's amazing that I I I was a relatively normal teenager. Oh, very normal. Like I didn't do. I think I was mortified. No, I'm not proud of it. Actually, at my age now, when you tell me these stories, I absolutely cringe. And I said, Oh my god, I was so crazy when I was young. I wasn't young. I was in my forties. <laughs> you were. <laughs> I said, Well, I was twelve at the time, but. I was in my 40s and a mother of two, and I, I can't believe I did those things. I, I don't know. What well, why did you do those things? Because you you it was fun. You were having fun. But I, as a teenager, I did things. Like, I'm not always... proud of it, but I No, did. but I mean, imagine growing up. <laughs> it, was, it, was, um, it was interesting. But my mom's always been very adventurous and spontaneous mm-hmm. and immature. And um, when I was talking to a few of my friends, childhood friends last night, they also said, you get your adventure and spontaneity from your mom. Uh, you were always up for something. I don't know. We'd randomly go do things together. or and I, I can't even think of anything specifically. But the other thing is mom has this amazing sense of style. Like gorgeous sense, and it's her own style. It's nobody's style, and and that's you know I, I appreciate that so much because of, nobody else wants it. That's no, why it's only my style. <laughs> no one wants it. Yeah. But she, from the time I can remember, she would walk down the street with me, and people would either stop her and say how fabulous she looked, or they would look at her, or stare at her, and sometimes I didn't know if they were staring at her in a negative way or. Boston's um, very conservative. Yeah, Boston is very conservative. So you definitely stuck out. I mean, I didn't wear gold and things like no, that. She no, she was no, just just really but, fashionable, but honey, amazing. If, if you dress anyway, if you deviate from the norm at all in Boston, the Boston I grew up in, everybody stared at you. In every capacity, by the way. No, it's not just it's in clothes. I, I don't know if yeah. it's still like that. Yeah, it was but like that. It one. used to be. Like, I mean, I literally was the only person in my entire family that wore any makeup whatsoever. It's the truth. Not really? one And person. it's so good that you don't wear any now. Oh, yeah, I don't believe in it. It's very cheap. <laughs> I don't empty garbage without makeup on. That's true. She puts lipstick on before she goes into her garage where nobody sees her. She'll come from dinner and put lipstick on. My mother always told me a woman can just wear beautiful dark sunglasses with red lipstick and you look like a movie star. No one else knows what's going on. I think she was right. Do you remember the days where I'd miss the bus and I'd be like, Mom, you have to take me to school and you'd be so angry because you'd still be sleeping and you'd like hop out of bed and you'd put on a fur coat 
red lipstick and sunglasses I, I, I learned <laughs> to, that to drive to drop me off at school. Yeah. And I'd be like, why are you putting lipstick on? No one's going to see you. I'm going to get out of the car. And you'd be like, no, no, no. Just, just, I, I have such a vision of your big sunglasses. By the way, I go with that theory on red lipstick. I can be in a bad mood and I put it on and it makes me feel better. I can you know, not have any makeup on at all, but I put red lipstick I on and I, I love red lipstick and I haven't been wearing it because of masks. I think red lipstick is a woman's special secret. I, I think it makes you feel very mm. glamorous. I just watched the video you sent me on the history of red lipstick, Oh, which is really interesting because it used to be considered kind of slutty. Like a trollop, they used to say. A trollop. Yeah, right. that's an old fashioned word my mom used to use. And I do mm -hmm. think there's probably a generation of women that still think that. Like, oh, when, you sure. know, I, I, I've seen the look when I wear red lipstick. From Are like older. Yeah, it's funny. May I say one thing? You here? may. Well, you were saying how I embarrassed you so much, like, because I spoke to your teacher about bodybuilding. Oh my God. Oh, no, no. You didn't just speak to my teacher about yeah. bodybuilding. You used to have coffee with her, um, my first grade teacher. So, to talk about bodybuilding. Well, well, we haven't talked about the bodybuilding uh, part yet. I was just saying, my daughter thought I was so embarrassing. She doesn't know the meaning of embarrassing because she never, unfortunately, knew my mom because my mom died in her 50s, unfortunately. And so Dora never knew her. My mom was really tall. She always wore capes and she wore her hair in a French twist and big tortoiseshell glasses. And she carried, a, oh, this was the most embarrassing, a very long cigarette holder. I can't even begin to tell you the embarrassment, especially as a teenager. She'd wear like black if she was wearing a black outfit. She had tortoiseshell to wear with camels here and white to wear in the summer with linen. It was so humiliating. And, and gold lame, right? Uh, no, she suits. never wore Didn't gold lame. No, gold her lame. cigarette case was I gold. I said she wore gold lame bathing suits. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, that was so the only... So she didn't have a traditional mommy either. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she come into the school, into high school, like this with a big camel's hair cape on and a wide-brim hat with a long tortoiseshell cigarette holder. Oh, my God. <laughs> I used to cringe. I used to run into the bathroom and stand up on the toilet seat so no one would know where I was. And if she thought she saw one of my girlfriends, she'd go, darling, how are you? And I just go, oh, my God. I, so I didn't even want to be seen as my mother's daughter. Now, of course, I would think it was fabulous. But when you're 15, it's beyond humiliating. I kind of understand what you're talking about. My, I was not like my mom. <laughs> so... <laughs> My mom went through a stage in her, what were you, 40? No, oh, before then. A little before 40, where oh, wait, she decided to start. From 32 till 41. Okay, so she was in that age that we're all, you know, in now or, or a little past. My mom and dad had gotten divorced, and uh, she decided that she wanted to get into shape. And back then personal trainers weren't really a thing. Like Those you just didn't, didn't have them. How did you find oh, body, you. a bodybuilder so, to train you? Oh, it's really I funny. Don't I know, never so. even heard of a trainer. I didn't even know what it was. It was like in 1980. So that's, oh God, that's 40 years ago. Uh, I went into a, a weight place to buy free weights and a treadmill and some, you know, stuff that I would need to put in my house. And I was talking to the man there and I said, you know, I'm a little bit afraid because you can seriously hurt yourself if you don't know what you're doing. So I'm a little afraid to start training myself. He said, yeah, I know that's a big problem. I said, what do you suggest I do? He goes, I don't know, read a few books on it or something. And there was a younger 
man in there buying some platelets, you know, weight plates. And he said, well, why don't you get a young man or an older man, whoever, that's just wants to learn some, earn some extra money and they can give you some pointers on working out when you first get your equipment. And I wasn't intending to use it all the time. I thought it would just be once. And so he had a friend so he gave me the name and I called him. And when I got all my equipment, he came over and it was such a massive, massive help because I didn't know what I was doing. And women really didn't lift free weights then. I mean, I, I was lifting a lot of weight, but a lot for me, like 150 pounds, you know, squats, like 48 squats, really lifting heavy weights. And I would have seriously hurt myself. So it was very beneficial, but I didn't even tell anyone that I had someone coming because I never heard of having someone coming and I was very embarrassed. But eventually a few of my girlfriends did it also. So I wasn't embarrassed then. Always, always a trendsetter. No, that's not a trendsetter, Dory. <laughs> so needless to say, my mom, with her fashion style, decided to incorporate that into her gym wear. And I know I mentioned this before, but had Reeboks in, of every color in the rainbow, parachute pants of every color, so matching headbands, now. matching sweatshirts. And then with every the, day, yeah. you know, we we talk, you know, with uh, moms of today will wear our Lululemon or whatever to pick up or drop buff, but they didn't have that back then. So she, she would come into school sometimes like that. And I just be like, Oh, why can't you dress like the other mommies? And then, then, yeah, yeah. So, so I have a very funny story. I was in second grade, maybe. I was in in the brownies. You weren't very involved in school. And you know what? I'm guilty of that too. Cause I'm like, I just, well, I couldn't stand the mothers. Yeah. I, 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 and I like the mothers at my kids' schools, but I just don't have any interest in doing too much. No, I've no, done a no, lot. I of... wanted to do it. Oh, oh you, you didn't reading. want me to do it. I didn't? No. Cause you were embarrassed by me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so this, this is why the story is going to make a lot of sense. So Oh, yeah, because I can remember vividly when it, you signed up for this and me thinking, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. The mothers would come every week to the Brownie Troop meeting and they would do an art project. So, so we, we, there were, we would cook, we would take, you know, leaves and crayons and mash them between wax paper and we would do all sorts of crafts. And it was my mom's week to come in. And I knew she wasn't going to do any of those things. <laughs> And I was just, the anxiety I had leading Ooh, up to it was, was, I can't even explain. You were cringing in the corner. Cringing. Cringing and really embarrassed, which actually made me continue. And I get that because I'm like that with Tatum. It struck me so funny. With my so daughter, funny. I love embarrassing her. It's so funny. Want, you just look so embarrassed that it made me it's laugh. It's funny. Yeah, so. I get it. So I, I came in in gym clothes and I had hired a girl that I, a young girl that I knew that did aerobics, right? Right. She did aerobics and she came in in the aerobic outfit and I, I came with a big boom box, you know, it was early eighties and I had a big boom box and I also brought matching terry cloth headbands for all the little girls and then i brought seven yeah and then i brought health food bars for the children you know a big and remember this is before any of that stuff was a thing like it really it was very unheard of like there were no one knew what 
power bars were. Or My grandmother, by the way, was a vegan in the 1920s up until she died, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I didn't know it then. I thought she was very strange, but I was very aware of these type of things only because of my mom and grandmother. But so I brought it came into the class. Were there other mothers there? I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> or did they not like me? Anyway, so I came in in the workout clothes, and then I came with the young girl, I don't remember her name anymore, and a boombox and the headbands and all the... F- in one of your outfits. Yeah, well, it was in... Well, girls wear outfits now. Yeah. And a power, power bars. And then I told the girls, we're all going to do aerobics. And they weren't very excited. I don't think they knew what aerobics was. And they all gave them all headbands and they put them on. And then I pressed the button in the boom box. And then the girls started jumping around, you know, doing aerobics. And the kids were supposed to be copying her. I, I don't know if they did even. I don't remember. It was so long ago. It's like remember. 40 years ago. I don't Wait. remember either. Oh, no, like 35 years. I, yeah. I don't remember. But anyway, and the, I do remember the few mothers were there. They were appalled, and they were giving me, like, dirty looks and whispering to each other. And uh, that also made me laugh. Then at the end of it, when, when everything was done, I, I said to the girls, but I could see how mad the mothers were. So I said to the children, uh, yeah, because I had to come the next week, too. And I can't believe I said this. No, you didn't say it to the children. You said it to the mom. Oh, I said it to the mom. They so said, what are you going to be doing? What are you going to be doing next week? And I said, next week, birth control. <laughs> uh, that didn't go over well. <laughs> I was kidding, obviously. They did not like me at all. But this is what I love about my mom. She, This is what I mean. She didn't care. You know, it's so funny because I can remember wondering why you weren't friends with anyone in school like why didn't I you talk to no 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 but at school like oh. you never talked to the mothers and and I get it now looking back at knowing I'm sure the they were very nice yeah they just you just didn't, didn't click with like them. me that much no right. they didn't like me let's fast forward to um me as a teenager <laughs> her eyes just blew up what was I like as a teenager brutal no I wasn't But, you know, the funny thing with Doran is she's always, always been very loving and sweet and just a really kind little girl. But there were times when she couldn't stand me, like all teenage And I'm talking about this because many of us have teenagers. So so I want to... Like, you know, I, I think I looked fairly well and I was going out and she goes, you're going out like that? Are you kidding? Or what? Oh, my God. Do you think you look good, Mom? You think that's a nice way to go out? Or look at your makeup. Oh, my God. I mean, it was just one thing after another. And you really want your daughter to think you look nice. I mean, you do, whether you admit it or not. And I I didn't think she did. I mean, she never said, oh, Mom, you look so nice. She may have thought it, but she didn't say it. Um, I think I was a little jealous of you. No, I jealous. was. Oh, yeah. no, maybe I was jealous of my mom at yeah. one point. And I, I know I was. My, we, we, we would walk down that. the street as a teenager and men would look at my mom and like not look at me. And they would they would like talk to my mom and they wouldn't look at me or everyone would think we were sisters. And I used to get so mad. And what would you say to any men or boys that talk to us? What did you say? Do you know how old she is? Oh. <laughs> That's my mother. You have no idea how old she is. You should feel ridiculous. And I go, oh, my God. <laughs> do you remember I that? I do. Do you remember when my teeth fell out? Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, this is a great story. Not all no, teeth. No, this is so great. Oh. We were in Bloomingdale's. In the and, city. And, uh, no. Yeah, we were in the city. We were? Yeah. Because so I had to go to your dentist. 
Oh, okay. So this yeah. is when I was in college in New York. And we're walking through Bloomingdale's or something, and she lost a tooth, which was, was it a cat? It was like, it was a fake tooth put in until the implant tooth was right. ready. And it was a front tooth. And she, Literally, she had her mouth closed. <laughs> and we're, we're walking through the store, and a couple of men... You know, and I, 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 it wasn't, this wasn't like, I think they were gay. They were just like, you know, they were like, oh, I love your look. You look amazing. And then somebody else said, you look amazing. And by the third person, I was like, why don't you smile for the mom? Show oh, yeah. me how amazing you look. <laughs> <laughs> I had no teeth in the front. She goes, well, why don't you show them how great you look, mom? <laughs> I go, Here I am at like 19 years old in the prime of my, you know, young youth and looks and like, no, and everyone's looking at, you know, my mother who's, they weren't who's looking in her at 50s. Me. But that was in her mind. They were looking at me. But she told why don't you smile for them, mom? Show them how great you look. <laughs> oh, my God. I wanted to die. I was jealous. I was, and I didn't. And when people said we were looked like sisters, I thought that meant I looked like I was in my fifties. Okay. I'm like, so well, I don't understand. When I was much, much younger, people would say, "Oh, are you two sisters?" She go, "Sisters? Are you crazy? How could, I must look worse than I ever thought I looked. I must look horrible. How old do I look to you? Fifty, sixty? And she was like a teenager. Oh my god! And but you know, people don't know what to say because she was so incensed that they thought we might. I was obviously the old older sister, but it just drove her crazy. I forgot. About By the that. way, I don't, I, at 43, I don't, nobody looks at me like that. <laughs> Even yes, now. they do. You no, just they don't. don't. Yes, they do. No. Okay. Okay. Let's talk a little bit since my audience is late thirties and forties. Let's talk a little bit about that time of your life. I know that. So, so this is a touchy subject because uh, my mom went through a divorce with my dad when you were 40, 30, 39. 39. Um, I'm sure I have listeners who are going through divorces as well. Mm. What were the pressures or what were you feeling as you went into your 40s as far as feeling that the type of support you had of being that age? What did you feel like women talked about that age? Did you feel transitions happening in your life? What, what was well, it like for can you? Can I say one thing about the generation I grew up in? Do you mind if no, I... No, yes. The generation... I grew up in the 60s in Boston, and the big saying in the 60s was, never trust anyone over 30. That was literally the saying. Once you were 30, you were part of the establishment, which was absurd, but that's what was thought. And so 30 was really considered over the hill. So, it, which is insane because 30s are wonderful. But here I was, 39. My husband left. I had two children, which thank God I had because it made my life so much better. But yeah, I, I remember men that I knew that were my friends. Oh, I know someone to fix you up with. Oh, no, he he won't go out with you because you're almost 40. He only goes out with girls in their early 30s. I said, who were you talking about? And they'd tell me somebody that I went to high school with. I, went, I wouldn't even look at him in high school. <laughs> Are you kidding? He doesn't want to go out with me? Oh, no, they don't. he doesn't go out with women your age. And that's all I used to hear from everyone. I thought I was so young, which I was. But it was the first time it was pointed out to me that men close to my age wanted women much younger, which I, I just couldn't believe because I still thought I, I was young. But yeah, that was a really unhappy thing that people were telling me, that men were telling me. That I remember very well. 
I thought I was so young, but I guess other people didn't look at me as young. Did women talk about, you know, the transitions that were happening, which are happening with us, which is, you know, hormonal transitions, our kids are getting older and it's becoming a little bit about like, oh, I have to start thinking about myself a little bit more. And unfortunately for you, besides your dad, your uh, mother died very young, but I think also our parents, you, are getting older, and that's also a different chapter of our lives. Did you talk about those things with girlfriends back then? Was it anything discussed? I mean, it, it's really not discussed that much now, which is no, why we're here today. It actually was never discussed. Yeah. Never. Did you find that to be a lonely decade? Yes. Yeah. I, I did not like my 40s at all. Yeah. At all. It's not a happy time to me. Perhaps partially because I was getting divorced. I hated dating. I hated it. I had gotten married at 20, and Doran's dad was my boyfriend since I was 16 years old. So you can only imagine all the vast experience with men I had. It's laughable. It's totally laughable. It was very difficult for me. I felt so awkward and so inept, and uh, it was just not a good time for me. I didn't like it at all. Well, I think, and listen, I think that's, you know, I mean, that's why I started this podcast. I think there are a lot of women at this age who feel that way, whether they're divorced or married or whatever it is. I think it's, it's this very weird decade that no one's talking about and, and, and nobody's saying how they feel. And yet there's a lot of changes that happen in this decade, you know, a lot. So um, I, I don't think it was just because of what you were going through. I think it was like it is now, right? I started going through perimenopause very young and went through menopause at uh, 51 to start with. And then by 52, I no longer got my period. How did you know you were going through perimenopause? Well, I spoke to my gynecologist, but I was... But what was it that was happening? Well, I was bleeding enormously. At what age? Starting in my early 40s, which was another big, wonderful thing to happen yeah. when you're starting to date. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> oh, hi. So sexy. Oh, you're very sexy. Remember how I used to... And I, I always yeah, had problems. Yeah, I didn't realize, though, that that was your 40s. Well, I think one of the reasons I started weightlifting, it's funny now when I think about it, because... You really look so beautiful at that age, um, and you're so vital. And I, I somehow was talked into, I think, by men that I was sort of over the hill. I really felt that. But way. what were your, what were the symptoms of perimenopause that that you were experiencing well, I that didn't, made you feel? I, I didn't you? have them as badly as some of the things you've experienced. Yeah, I just, I was very tense a lot, very tense. I was very annoyed by the excessive bleeding. It's scary and sad because you think, well, this is it. This is the end of my youth. My mom used to say, you have no idea what menopause is like. It's the end, Arlene. You dry up, which isn't really true. And you start to get really old looking. Oh, that's a great thing to hear. And and if you'll see my mother, that's not true either. But my mom so convinced me And she was talking about herself. I mean, my mom died when I was 26. You know, I was very young. But when when I was younger, she used to talk about her feelings about menopause, which she had at the exact same. Did doctors know what perimenopause was? I never even heard the word. So you just, you just. I just went through what I went through. And did you go to the doctor and say, my body's doing crazy things? Yeah, they said, well, it happens. They didn't have a name. And how long did that happen for? A long time. (laughs) A long time. 10 years? Nine years, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of women that don't even know what perimenopause is. Uh, it's sure. it's kind of crazy. No, you know? like some women have a terrible period and other women barely know they have it. Yeah. It's not 
that's strange. But um, oh, by the way, I, can I just tell you how many memories I have of my mother dressed up with like a red blood spot in the back of her clothes? <laughs> so a much, giant so red much blood so spot. I thought it was a normal thing that mommies had. <laughs> like, I'd be like, oh, mommy, you're, there's red blood. You've got blood again on your on your butt. I didn't even know why. <laughs> I mean, it was so often. I can remember in Disney World. Yeah. You had. A, you what had about a, in the White House? In, yeah, oh, yeah. Tell that story. Oh, but it's not so interesting. Well, I, it's not really interesting. It's interesting. I was very involved in civil rights at that age. And about 32 women from Boston were invited to the vice president's house to meet Barbara Bush and have lunch and all this. Anyway, within five minutes of getting there, my girlfriend, Judy, said, Arlene, you're in trouble. I had a white dress on. It was in the summer, I believe. She said, you have a gigantic red period spot in the back of your dress. Oh, my God. I almost died. We ran into the bathroom. I took off my dress, and she put my dress, the back of it, under the sink to get the blood out. And then she put it in the dryer to try to dry it. But what happened was I had a pale pink circle rather than a red circle. I, I didn't look good. This and before you met her? Before you met Barbara Bush? It was after, actually. Oh. But anyway, my girlfriend gave me her blazer to wrap around my waist, which was very attractive with a white lace dress. <laughs> but it, it was very funny. So were thing. those the years that you were getting those perimenopause symptoms? Horrible, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So I didn't realize. So you not, your periods weren't heavy before that. Well, they were never that light, but they were extraordinarily heavy that's in so those years. So I didn't realize that. See, these 40s. are things that you should ask your mother if you're fortunate enough to have your mother around. These are important questions because I you, don't have that oh. issue. Uh, so that's good. And usually yeah. you start menopause generally around the same age as your mom, which my mother started, ended it at 52. And so did I. Oh, I thought it was like the best thing that ever happened. I wasn't sad at all. Uh, Not at all. My mother cried and, had, years. and walked around with a fan, you know, with a battery driven fan. All the, For I, hot flashes. Yeah. I, I, it didn't bother me. I was happy. All right. Now we're going to touch on five tips oh, that you would give now, being the age you are now, the the young young age of seventy three. Oh my God! Don't what, say it out loud. What, <laughs> if you don't say it out loud, it's not true. Let's start with one to start. What, what what would you tell women that you wish you were able to tell yourself in your in that time in that late thirties forties age? So well, let's the, start with number one. Well, the first it, it's superficial, but the first thing that comes to mind is women look really good at that age, and I was filled with fear and, and thinking I looked terrible and I was over the hill. And that's absurd. These were thoughts that were put into my mind by men, men that were friends of mine. And when I think of it now, I could slap them across the face because it's not true at all. I mean, women are beautiful in their 30s and 40s and their 50s. I thought the 50s was my favorite decade, actually. No, I, I, loved, I loved my 50s. My 40s, I was just very insecure. I didn't have my mom to say, oh, you look beautiful. I mean, I didn't, no one ever said that to me, except my daughter <laughs> and my second husband. But um, I, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence. And I, I did feel like I was over the hill. And people can see that, you know, even if you don't say it, it, it comes through. And I wish I had known how young I was. And that used to say to me, well, this is the best you're ever going to look. This is the youngest you will ever be. So you might as well enjoy it. And that that sounds a little superficial also, but it's true. 
I mean, to well, always be that's eight. That's not depressing. But to, but it's true. <laughs> I, I'm 73. Yeah, look at women in their 50s now. So the I like women the, in the 50s look fabulous. That's what I'm saying. So we're not saying like the, the best you're ever going to look is no, in the 40s. But no, not yeah. the best you're ever. Right. But it's the youngest. Youngest doesn't mean the best. Right. I think women when they get older look much better because mm-hmm. they come into their own style. They come into a confidence they never had before, which I certainly never had. You're not afraid of what you say or might not say. And I don't know. I just loved getting older. I actually love my age now. I do. I love my age. It, I'm not that thrilled with, I, I have more behind me than I have in front of me, but that's the reality of life. Not happy about that <laughs> at all. But or what would be your, I love what, my age now. I really do. What would be your um, second tip? The first thing I think of is something I did all the time and I was such a moron. I had a vast group of women friends, and I don't know whether women do this now, but everybody used to sit around and tell each other their most intimate secrets and this with their husband or what went on in their lives. And I think now how totally ignorant that was. I, I think it's completely ignorant. For a woman to trust everybody in your circle is very stupid, very, very stupid. Of course, I thought it was normal. Why? Then. Why? Because it? everybody would would talk about the other person when the other person wasn't around, right. and tell, oh, you know what she said and what she did. Well, why didn't I think? Well, if they're talking about this one, they're probably talking about me for some reason. And you're a very open book. Yeah, you. you well, I you am pretty talk. open. I'm, I'm a lot like my mom in the sense that I can talk to anyone. But and- at, at that age, I I didn't realize. I don't know why I didn't realize it. I've even had girlfriends of mine now say, God, I was so stupid. The way we used to sit around and talk, I would tell everybody everything. How dumb was I? Mm. For some reason, you thought you could trust them, like you were part of a sisterhood. I'm sorry to say I don't think that's true. I don't. And I I, I, I don't actually feel that way. I know I you there don't. are a few friends I can tell I, really serious things. I to. used to think that too. Oh, oh. All right. <laughs> well, if you guys are listening, then. Well, I'm not saying you should listen to me. I'm <laughs> yeah. just saying that's one of the things I learned that I wished I'd known when I was. So your so your tip is to tell those things to your therapist. Probably. Okay. <laughs> Noted. I honestly think that. Because, you know, then in later years, you may not be friends with that person and no one can be more vindictive, sorry, ladies, than a woman. I just think that we can be, we're capable of it. And I've had experience with that. And I just feel like um, slapping myself in the face over how I, I trusted so many people. And be- they trusted me too, but I never would say anything because... I don't think I'm particularly vindictive. I think you're being a little hard on yourself. No, I don't. Okay. All right. What's number three? This is in my early 40s when I was dating. I have a fantasy now. I don't, I guess I was extraordinarily insecure. When I think of different men that I knew, I don't think they were all particularly that nice. Although I, for some reason I tolerated it. I think I was sort of conditioned to that when I was younger. I thought, oh, well, that's just the way men are. And I mean, it sounds crazy to girls today, but I come from a different generation. And I would tolerate certain things that today I go insane at the thought. I would never allow a man to do this or talk to me this way or treat me this way. 
who the heck do they think they are? I would never, I have a fantasy that every man I ever knew that wasn't particularly nice were all lined up together. And I told them all to turn their face in the left in direction of the left. And then I took one giant slap <laughs> and slapped every goddamn one of them across the face. Then I told them, okay, now face to the left. And then I slapped Every single one of them with one fell swoop. It makes me so happy. I can't even tell you. My heart beams with thinking about doing that. that so I, I wish I didn't tolerate a lot of things that I did. You've always been somewhat passive. I, I, and I am so not. So I, yeah, my, I, my mom raised me to be the opposite of her in that way. Because I didn't want you to I, be like I, me. Yeah. I was very passive. and I took a lot of stuff that I never should have. And once I got in my 50s, I went, oh, my God, was I out of my mind? Yeah. But it was way too late. Yeah. But I think women today aren't like that at all. No. I mean, there are some. I mean, of course, I, there's I always think... some. But that's the best fantasy I have is just whacking them as hard as I can <laughs> on each side of their faces and then just having them disappear. You know about this, Mom. Oh, yeah. I've always had that. Oh, oh I guess I never told you You didn't that. tell me. It's, that's the first thing I'm learning about it. Oh, yeah. Okay, now we're going to go into something a little more superficial. However, you are the authority. I am not you, the authority. You really are. I wish if Mich Michelle Spieler, my my beautiful makeup artist friend that I did a podcast with, um, was on here, she'd have so many questions. But my mom has... That's because you're my daughter. No, right? it's not true. Oh, okay. It's not true. Mom, everybody asks you. My mom takes very good care of herself. So when I was younger, her morning and evening routine could have been two hours long. No, Doran. Uh, that's what I, well, at least it was in my mind. No, you are so exaggerating. You'd spend a lot of time. No, with... it literally takes me, even now, maybe 10 minutes the longest. No, that's so not true. No, it is true. Oh, okay. Anyway. That's not true. Anyway. Yeah. She looks amazing for her age. She's she she has taught me lots of beauty tricks over the years and important things that I think are are wonderful for women to hear. So so starting in your in your 40s or oh, late 30s 40s, 40s. Tell me talk about things that women should be doing and paying attention to as far as their well with their the, bodies, their Can I just say one thing about my yeah. grandmother? Because she taught yeah. me. My grandmother took <clears throat> beautiful care of herself. Every time I'd come over, she'd have egg whites all over her face and cucumber slices around her eyes with a gauze around it so she wouldn't lose them. And then she would sit in the bedroom floor and meditate. This is a woman that was born in the late 1800s. That's so amazing. Yeah. I mean, she was like wow. that. She would meditate and she really took good care of herself. And I used to watch her and she'd say, Arlene, don't feel, oh, they didn't have sunblock then. I'm talking about in the 1950s. All they had was zinc oxide, which was a thick white yeah. ointment. My grandmother used to tell me, take zinc oxide and mix it with a moisturizer. I didn't listen to her as a teenager, by the way, not till I was older. She said, and put that on your face and put it on the tops of your hands and never forget your neck and your earlobes. I went, earlobes? You know, to myself, that's not important. Now I look at women's earlobes and I go, oh my God, she was so right. But I never thought about earlobes. I never thought that when you're driving, your hands are in the sun directly 12 months out of the year, right? The tops of your hands. And unfortunately, that's a part of us that ages quickly. Not that aging is horrible, but it does happen and you get age spots. And uh, so I started wearing sunblock on the top of my hands. 
by the way, all these things don't stop you from aging. The only way you'll stop aging is by dying. (laughs) There's no stopping aging. And, you know, I still age. To this day, I see things of myself all the time. I go, oh, my God, last year that wasn't there. But what are you going to do? I want to live to be old, so there's not much you can do. But I guess my grandmother used to say, well, you can still look as well as you can look at any given age. It doesn't mean you look young, but you can look better than normally you would have looked. And she looked, she was such a beautiful woman. I, I used to love You her. told me to start wearing eye cream when I was 16 and I have every day since oh, I was 16. Well, because we have no, the skin is not suspended under your eyes and there's no oil glands under your eyes. And so that's another part of it. Do you think us. it actually made a difference starting at 16? Yeah. Really? I do. Yeah. You didn't teach me that about sunblock, though, because I remember wearing, like, because oil during, and, yeah, like, you, number four. But, by the way, when I was a teenager, we used to, I didn't listen to my grandmother either. Oh, yeah. We used to lie on the beach with uh, aluminum visors. You were doing that in your late 30s, by yeah, the way. Yeah, well, for yes, a while. Yes, you were. I remember. Yeah, but then I went, Ugh. oh, and then, right, then one day I looked in the mirror of my car when we were in Nantucket at the beach. I'll remember it like, like it was a week ago, and I looked and went, Oh my God, sun really isn't good for you. I'm really starting to look lousy. And I, I was in my 30s, and that's when I decided no more sun. I just stopped. Oh, so, it's so hard. It feels so good. Though. I know. But you it didn't feels have the good. SPF that you have now, too. No. So a little sun. But is okay. that was like 33, 34 years ago. And, you know, if you stop, it, it does make a difference. I mean, you do do some damage that you're not aware of, but it, you've got to stop young. All like right. my mom used to sit in the sun all the time. And I I feel badly saying this, but I remember noticing when she was dying. I, I, God, I said, she, she's really pretty lined. And she was like 57 at the time. And I couldn't believe it because I didn't think 57 was old because it isn't. And I said to myself, she's always sat in the sun. That's what. Oh, and smoked and smoking takes the oxygen out of your skin. I never smoke cigarettes because my mom, or use straws often, (laughs) because my mom would tell me that both cigarettes and using straws cause lines around your mouth as you get older. And I have a few friends, probably like Rachel, Jill, Debbie Tuck, who will remember that Uh, to this day, they will talk about how they like, you know, didn't use straws (laughs) <laughs> my, my grandma, but my because grandmother taught me that. I actually don't that. like straws, too. <laughs> no, but that's something my grandmother, you know, I idolized her, so I listened to whatever she said. Uh, but not when I was in the sun for those years, but then I stopped. God, that's right. already 40 years ago. Okay, well, what's your next? Always moisturize. Always. Yeah. Never go to bed with dirty skin. Never go to bed with makeup on your skin. It's a very bad thing to do. Just make, even if you don't wear moisturizer, make sure you clean your skin thoroughly. But you should wear moisturizer and different moisturizer, you know, for your neck because it's a different type of skin and for your face and also for your hands. I'm not the authority. I just know what my grandmother told me. I mean, I'm not a beauty authority. Always wear sunglasses so you don't squint. My grandmother taught me that too. She once saw me squinting. She says, oh my God, are you going to have a lot of lines around your eyes? I was about 14. I said, lines? Why? She goes, because you're squinting in the sun. You don't wear sunglasses. So I started wearing sunglasses. It's kind of neurotic to be so concerned about your looks. But my grandmother was like that. And so I wanted to emulate her, whether it was right or it was wrong. How do you feel about injections today and the way that women are using them? 
I think it's great. I mean, I started doing it really young, but when I started, all they had was collagen and you had to be tested and wait two weeks to see if you were allergic to cows because it was from cows. Oh, really? Yeah. It was bovine. That's what And they- yet you still put it in your skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to look better. Yeah, like, isn't that awful? That's crazy. But- By the way, I have memories as a child going with my mom and you were talked about sitting on the floor with your mom, uh, sitting on the floor at the dermatologist, the electrolysis, the waxing woman, manicures, pedicures, the tanning booth. These were places I had to sit out with my coloring book and wait while my mom went in. Oh, poor you. It's not poor me. It's just a funny memory. Anyway, so go back to injections. Well, I made lots of mistakes, too, like I said, with the sun. You know, you don't want to listen to your parents. But you were talking, so so injections were collagen. They were just starting. What year was this? 76. Oh, wow. No, but let me explain. Is that why you look so good now? Well, I was only 29 in 1976. I I went to see a a play in in New York, and my first husband's cousin was in the play, and I was sitting in the back with her in the uh, dressing room, and all these women came in that were in the play. It was the best little whorehouse in Texas, I remember. And they all looked so good, and she told me they were in their late thirties and forties. And I was 29. So, you know, at that age, I thought, wow, they're really old, which again, obviously they weren't. They looked so beautiful. I said, God, they look so good. And she said, they all do collagen. I went, well, what's collagen? I didn't know what it was. And she said, there's one doctor in New York that does it. This is again in 75 and 76. I, I don't remember his name, but he was the only doctor and no doctors in Boston did it. So, I went to this one doctor. I remember I had, I don't know, like one line on the right side of my cheek that was a little deep and it seemed to be getting deeper. And I said to the doctor, can you fill this? He went, of course. And I went, oh my God, he can. And he filled it and it was gone, completely gone. I I thought it was like a miracle. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I didn't have lines, but I did have that. And uh, I got hooked on it. But I never, I don't think I ever went over and beyond what you should do. I don't think so because I have lots of areas on my face that I could do, but I, I don't do. Like I don't do Botox around my eyes because at 73, you should have lines around your eyes. But or... it's amazing, but you don't have that many lines. Yes, I do. Look. You, but mom, you're 73 years old. You, mm. The fact that you. I'm, I'm not a fan of how that looks when women do that. I, I don't know. When they Botox, sometimes their eyes and their eyes don't have any expression. I guess it depends on who's doing it. I, I think it does. Yeah. Because some doctors will say, I'm not doing that. It's too fake looking. I mean, you have to have a doctor. I find the women doctors are much better. And you, you never really did your forehead, right? No. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I have a blind slump. Yeah. She's got bangs, so she's showing me. Yeah. I can have craters under the I no had a makeup artist it. once tell me she had bangs like you, and she said she calls them bang talks. <laughs> That's very funny. So it covers our lines. I'm like, I'm going to need bang talk. But I've, oh, I've had bangs since I was a little girl. Right. I just like them. I actually, I have to admit, and I usually don't tell people, the first time I did it, I was 29. But now girls do it as teenagers. Well, they do it so young. And it's I think right. they I never, look it was, older. It was unheard of I, for young I, girls. I don't like to judge anyone, but I do think some of these young girls look older because they're doing it. And I get that they're doing it as a preventative, but... I don't know. You know, it's funny. When you say a preventative, I always thought that's crazy. But now I believe it. Yeah. 
At 73, I have to say that I believe it. This sounds silly, and maybe some of you out there will say, oh, God, is she out of her mind? But I used to have these certain lines that I had filled repetitively as they started to come back, like maybe three or four times. I haven't seen them in years. Well, no, I mean, that's how it works. But that um, sounds crazy, but it's true. I did Botox three years ago, and I looked so scary that I have never been back. I didn't think, I didn't even know. Oh, no, no, it was bad. Here, my, uh, the side of my eyes. Well, they want you to do more because they make more money. But I'm not opposed to going back. I just feel like I have to find the right person. And uh, and somebody who does it naturally, I think a lot of people look scary. But then in the places that were fixed, you stop doing those areas. Right. Right. But then, of course, one age. Then something else comes up. Comes another one. (laughs) Oh, isn't that nice? Another one. You know what? Thank God. My mother didn't have to go through that. They didn't even care. Everything was natural. Oh, God. Thank God it isn't now. My mother's not a fan of natural. No, I don't like natural. Why am I? Every girl I knew growing up in the 60s that was au natural and all they cared about was the earth and the wind and the moon and, you know, and uh, Aquarius and all this crap. They now, oh, my God, when I went to my high school reunion, I almost died. Yeah, but they're probably happy in their own skin. I I don't think so. Uh, (laughs) Maybe they're happy, but oh, my God. I envy women who don't, I do too. Who don't care. I know I do too. That's great. Like good for them. When I see women that are really heavy but they think they look fabulous, I'm so envious of them. I see them all. I think it's the greatest thing to think you look great with whatever you have. To have that confidence. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I don't look and go, oh, how can she think she's great? I think it's fabulous. I agree. I've never been like that. And I'm always very conscious of what I eat. Well, you grew up in a different time. I think that that body image and um, women, you know, of all shapes and sizes is appreciated more today. Absolutely. So thank God for that, for our kids, even though they're still, you know, they still want to look like certain girls I see on TikTok or Instagram. Well, mom, this was so much fun. Oh, thank you. I love you so much. I love you so much. Can I say one thing? Oh, okay. Uh, One little thing. You know how you anguish over your child, especially girls when they're teenagers, because they're not that nice and they hurt your feelings, but you don't want to say anything and you kind of cry inside because you want your daughter to think, oh, my mommy's the best thing in the world. Yes, but you But you don't feel like that when they're teenagers. Oh my God. And I was single at that time. I I can remember so many times being so, so unhappy and sad. But the great thing is, is that they grow out of it and they become your absolute best friend in the whole world. And the one person that always tells you the truth and the most loving, caring person in your whole life. So what a wonderful thing that is to look forward to, although no one told me about that. So I didn't think I had a future with my daughter. I thought she would hate me permanently. But So I, I have reached out to my listeners and followers on Instagram. And, you know, I made that TikTok the other day about... Oh, yeah. Um, it was uh, Leanne Morgan, the, com- the comedian. If you listen to her on Pandora, she goes farther in that whole thing and says, you know, I believe that God makes our daughters treat us this way so that when they're ready to leave the house, like we're not as upset about it. <laughs> we're just so funny. 
that's it, it just because then what happened with me and I think has happened with a lot of women is you go to college and you're like oh I miss my mom and I'm like I miss I miss all the things she did for me but I miss our conversations and that's when we became really really close yeah. I think is when I but went to I didn't know that I have to keep that in mind because my, it is to. just starting for me and when my daughter saw that TikTok that I made she's like you're so mean to me and I was like you're mean, mean to you <laughs> she thought you were mean to her so anyway um thank you that's good advice that that's really because it, it hurts oh it hurts so much it does no again really quickly nobody told me oh but in the near future your daughter will become your best comrade you'll be the best friend she's the one that's always going to care about you and want to do the best things for you i didn't know that i thought she was going to go off into the world hating my guts and i only wish someone had told well, me you that. didn't have a mother to tell you that. no no one told me anything like yeah. that and now my daughter's everything in the world you know she's like my absolute best friend and I don't think anyone really cares as much about me as my daughter. My husband, too, but my daughter. I, I think so, but I didn't know mm -hmm. that. That's so I think it's important for women to know that it doesn't go on forever. We'll make sure Keith doesn't listen to this so he knows that I'm the oh, favorite he's a child. wonderful son. Oh, Doran <laughs> claims I, only, I like him much better. No, she, but I think now I'm back. I think I might be the favorite child now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have a favorite. Anyway, mom, thank you for doing this today. I hope oh. that um, this was helpful for all of you. And um, I hope I didn't bore too many girls. I don't out think there. you bored any. I think oh, I, that, I think this is going to be a great episode. So thank you for coming on the show. And you can go to my mom Arlene on Instagram if you want to see. I don't uh, post a lot of things on there, but <laughs> she's rolling her eyes. So embarrassed. So embarrassing. But you'll find it entertaining. And um, maybe I'll have you back another time. We'll see how the response is. No, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I love you and I thank you. And thank you to all of you for listening once again. And until next time. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to give yourself permission and know that you are not alone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reviews are always appreciated. And you can reach me by email at it's not a crisis at Gmail, Instagram, it's not a crisis podcast, and please join our Facebook group as well. Until next time, just remember, it's not a crisis. bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, during the ultimate Sleep Number event, save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing on all Smart Beds, only for a limited time. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details.